this drive. Welcome to you're listening to 99 Raw was good, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast for your Saturday, November 6th, 2021. Today on the podcast, I'm going to be talking about all of the news and rumors in the world of pro wrestling. This is going to be mainly a WWE type of podcast because there's a lot of news coming out of the releases. WWE. Unbelievable. So I'm going to be talking about all the news that are coming out of these releases. There's a lot of uh, people still that are pissed off, justifiably so. But you guys have to look at it and look at the bigger picture. This benefits companies like AEW. This benefits companies like Impact Wrestling, New Japan Pro Wrestling, GCW, and so on and so forth. So you got to really look at it and say to yourself, well, yeah, I'm pissed off. I'm angry that some of my favorite people got released. But this is going to benefit an Impact. This is going to benefit an AEW. This is going to benefit a GCW with some of my favorite wrestlers going to that particular company. So I'm going to be talking about that. I'm also going to be talking about AEW planning a battle of the belts on TNT. So they're going to be pretty much a theme show there. I'm also going to be talking about Britt Baker and criticizing the WWE's developmental system. A lot of people were kind of bashing Britt Baker. I don't know why. Uh, I didn't read the report. Again, like I said, I read all these reports when I record the podcast. So uh, we're going to read that together. And... Vince McMahon, Vincent Kennedy McMahon, he's accused of mistreating wrestlers. <laughs> I mean, come on. Are you surprised by that? I'm not surprised. And I got more news and rumors that I'm going to be covering on here on 99 Raw. If you guys can do me a favor, a solid subscribe and follow to the podcast on all available podcast platforms. Wherever you listen to podcasts, please subscribe to 99 raw follow me on twitter at jt takeover and follow the podcast on instagram shout out to all the followers on instagram i appreciate you guys continuously following the brand on the ig now i want to make a quick disclaimer just quick and then we're going to get right into the game and get right into these news and rumors i will be i cannot believe i'm saying this I will be back to reviewing Raw and SmackDown. I've took a break because the shows just don't interest me whatsoever. But I'm going to review the shows for the remainder of November. Okay? After November, it's looking pretty scary. It's looking pretty scary because you and I know that in the month of December... Pretty much WWE takes a break, right? It's well documented, but I hope in the month of December, they build towards that pay-per-view in January, January 1st called day one. I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. So I'm thinking about possibly reviewing Raw and SmackDown in the month of December, but I'm not sure. I'm still kind of, you know, going back and forth with it, but as it's looking right now, the answer is yes, that I will be covering Raw and SmackDown in the month of December because we have a pay-per-view on January 1st called Day 1. That pay-per-view name is pretty dope in my opinion. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Again, I'll keep you guys updated on social media. Again, follow me on Twitter and follow the podcast on Instagram. 
Also, if anybody out there is interested in being a co-host with me when I review specifically WWE uh, pay-per-views, because I know not a lot of people watch AEW, uh, but everybody watches WWE. If anybody in the IWC, in the community, is interested in being a co-host on the show, when I review WWE pay-per-views, just hit me up on the DM. Hit me up on my uh, personal Instagram account, at Jordan Turner, or you can DM me at 99raw on the IG. Or if you want, you have a Twitter, DM me on Twitter as well. Um, I want to get another person's perspective when it comes to uh, their opinions on the WWE, the WWE pay-per-views, and what they watch. So if you guys are interested in that, please DM me. I would love to get another opinion on the podcast. Now, let's talk about these uh, news and rumors. We're going to start off with AEW first. So, this news report comes out from the controversial, but in my opinion, real popular, Ringside News. So, they are reporting that AEW is planning for an upcoming battle of the belts special on TNT. So, Ringside News is reporting AEW certainly keeps giving fans things to be excited about as the calendar monthly flies by real fast. And speaking of calendar months, it would seem that the new year will be something to look forward to for sure. Okay, this is interesting because I thought this special would happen in the month of December. Apparently not. So they are pretty much confirming that uh, in the month of January, um, they will have eight days into 2022. And at this paper, well, I would say pay-per-view caliber, you know, theme show is going to be happening in the month of January. So Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer News Report, he gets a lot of flack. I'm not sure why. Uh, the previously reported Battle of the Belts will be taking place on January 8th, specifically on TNT, of course. And the quality special will only be a, a one-hour-long extravaganza. Essentially, there will be four instruments of specials throughout the year, reportedly. So there you go. Theme shows reportedly throughout the months of, you know, of the year where AEW has their four, you know, big pay-per-views and then the other four are going to be theme shows. You got to love it. I love that AEW implements that. I think it's really, really cool. It gives Dynamite a reason to be watched by fans. I have talked about this. I'm going to mention WWE because this is what I've been talking about for a very long time. Themed shows throughout the months, you know, and build it as if you were building a pay-per-view. You have four pay-per-views per year and you have four theme shows per year. And you build it as if you were building a pay-per-view on that weekend. But instead, you're building it on Fox and you're building it on the USA Network. AEW is doing this on TNT. And you got to love it. It's really cool that they do that. So as the report continues, as was also speculated by Dave Meltzer, the four events will be very uh, reminiscent, like I said, of the Clash of Champions from days gone by. So the, pretty much the Clash of Champions, you know, format is going to be implemented here on the uh, theme show for AEW. What do you guys think? Are you guys excited about this? I'm excited. 
I think theme shows are very important in modern pro wrestling. And they're specifically important with companies like AEW. Because AEW, like I said, does not have a lot of pay-per-views every year. They don't have a 6, 8 to 12 monthly pay-per-view schedule. They only have four. So out of the other months, you need to implement themed like pay-per-view shows. And that's what they've been doing. So the intention here is for the events, all four of them, to be like pay-per-view events like I just said. Much like they often do airing shows like Fight for the Fallen, etc. All have been aired on TNT. Tony Khan's a beast. Tony Khan knows exactly what he's doing. This is great. According to Meltzer, these super cards were planned to have given been more longer when the Battle of the Belts was at the merge state of the exception. It must be understood that things may change as we draw closer to the 8th of January. However, the aforementioned Clash of Champions date back in 1988 when the first event was held by the NWA. It subsequently would become a series of events put on by WCW, as well as, quote, even when they broke off of the NWA and historically have been held in high regard by fans of the early WCW and, of course, NWA. They continue to air until 1997 under WCW Jim Crockett promotions. These are the recorded 35 complete episodes of the event, all which are on the WWE Network library. They've certainly had a few treat for fans that love professional wrestling history, and it'll be interesting to see what AEW does with the idea. Shout out to AEW. This is great. Simple. Theme shows per year. You have four pay-per-views, and you have four theme shows that you build on TNT as if you were building towards a pay-per-view event. This is great. So... That was my thoughts on that. Uh, Battle of the Belts coming to AEW TNT in the month of January. Month of January is looking very saucy uh, as we open the new year of 2022. We got Wrestle Kingdom, uh, and then we got WWE Day 1. That is obviously going to be on January 1st. We got Wrestle Kingdom, WWE Day 1, and we also have the news regarding the Battle of the Belts in AEW as a theme show in that particular month. So the month of January kicking off right out of the gate. Hot in the world of pro wrestling. You got to love it. Next topic, we're talking about DMD. Britt Baker. Dr. Britt Baker. As she criticizes WWE developmental system. <laughs> um, I didn't read this when I first saw it. So I'm reading it as I'm recording this. So. I'm going to give you guys my opinion on it. So, <laughs> this is funny. Britt Baker criticizes WWE developmental system. Now, before I read this, I'll give you guys my opinion on it. I feel like the developmental system helps in terms of creating new stars. The developmental system doesn't help WWE because you create them, and then when they go up to the main roster, you fire them. So what's the point of the developmental system then? Something to think about. Something to really, really think about. I know there are a lot of people, a lot of WWE defenders out there. They defend WWE, do the thick and thin. But they're afraid to speak up. 
They're afraid to speak up, but that's why I'm here. I'm always going to be speaking up on WWE from a creative standpoint. From a business standpoint, I'm not in there. I don't care about that. Do I want WWE to succeed on a business level? Of course. But there are always going to be succeeding from a business standpoint. From a creative standpoint, motherfucker, you're messing up. And you're messing up big time. You're messing up big time. I'm here. I got a lot of ideas I could bring to the table to help the WWE improve their ratings. Facts. You don't think so? That's fine. But I know I have the capability of doing so. I'm always pitch ideas to the WWE that ain't going nowhere. I'm one of the best in the community at doing that. All right? Now, the developmental system. Again, it works and it doesn't. You, uh, you put people in the developmental system to develop them. They go to NXT. They do great household names. But remember, Vince McMahon specifically, he doesn't watch NXT. He doesn't watch NXT. He's been well documented that he doesn't watch NXT. You know the thing is, you know the crazy thing about this is, check this out. He has people, yes men, that watch NXT for him. And then they go to Vince McMahon and say, yo, Vince, you know, what about a Karrion Cross? What about a Keith Lee? What about Ridge Holland? What about this one? What about that one? Vince McMahon, he's going to look into it, quote unquote. Does he really look into it? I don't think so. I don't think so. So, this whole situation is funny to me. I'm going to read it, and I'm going to give you guys my overall opinion of this article and what I think about it. So, shout out to Wrestling Inc. and Raj Gary. Um, they're one of the best in IWC as well. There are a lot of good people in IWC, man. I do a great job, and uh, people at Wrestling Inc. are one of those people. So, this article reads, in a recent piece with Timothy Beller, for the Washington Post, many AEW stars discuss the growth of and rise of AEW. As part of the article, AEW Women's Champion DMD Dr. Britt Baker, and I've seen a lot of people trying to put a, a mud on Britt Baker's name. The fuck is wrong with you? You're mad because Britt Baker is one of the popular women's wrestlers in terms of inside the ring. And from a character standpoint in the world, you're jealous of that. You're mad about that. You shouldn't be mad about that. The growth of Britt Baker is astonishing to me. It is astonishing. She was the first female, right, signed by AEW. They wanted this woman to be where she's at now. They wanted her to be where she was years ago. That wasn't the case. She wasn't ready at the time. I felt it as a fan. But I know that there was a blue chip prospect waiting in the rings. A diamond in the rough. And that's exactly what we're getting. That diamond is flourishing. Heavy. Nobody is on Britt Baker's level right now in AEW, really. When you really look about it, who's on Britt Baker's level right now? Thunder Rosa, Ruby Soho. Who else? Not a lot. So stop hating on Britt Baker. Because at this point, you're just a hater. You're just a hater. Simple. Facts. 
So, Britt Baker, DMD discussed WWE's developmental strategy. This is interesting. Let's see what she has to say here. Quote, I don't think putting a bunch of models and athletes off the street in a warehouse and teaching them all to do at the same time and the way to do it at the same time is going to create a successful roster. I don't think she's wrong there. Vince, Bruce, Pritchard. You take athletes. You take models. Sexy, attractive women. Do they know a lick of pro wrestling? Are they wrestling fans? Have they ever watched professional wrestling? It don't matter what company. Have they watched pro wrestling? I don't know. Probably, probably not. You got to ask them these type of questions. Are you a wrestling fan? Who's your favorite wrestler? Who's your inspiration? Who do you model yourself after? But they come into the model scene. They probably have not watched pro wrestling at all. You look at catalogs. Oh, yeah, let's get her. She's hot. But she has not a look of pro wrestling experience. She's not a wrestling fan. You just got her out of the catalog because she's sexy. She's hot. You feel me? So that's crazy to me. It has been well documented that the WWE does that. And one of my things is, and the one thing that I'm so interested in knowing as a fan, what is it like to be a woman's wrestler in the WWE? If there was one documentary that I would want to see, I would want to see how is it like to be a woman's wrestler in the WWE. Favoritism, political, all of it plays a part, right? I would love to see the women from the past, the present, and some of the women that are in there now in the future come into one documentary and talk about women's wrestling in the WWE, the good and the bad. Mainly, I want to see the bad. I, I will never get that. I don't think we will ever see something like that. But that is one documentary I would really, really love to see. Let me know if you guys think about that as well. Have you guys ever thought about seeing a documentary about women's wrestling in WWE? Something I, I'm just so intrigued to see. I really am. But Britt Baker continued. And she said this. I don't think putting on a bunch of models and athletes off the street in a warehouse and teaching them to do the same things over and over and over again is going to create a successful roster. Britt Baker says and continues, people learn differently and have been different strengths and weaknesses. And sometimes you have to find out what those are on your own. Okay, so Britt Baker pretty much didn't really go on a tirade. She was speaking facts here. You're hiring models, don't know a lick of pro wrestling. You hire athletes who don't know a lick of professional wrestling. Here's the thing, and here's something I've been wanting to tell everybody for a very, very long time now. NXT 2.0, okay? Those are actual wrestlers, okay? Those are actual professional wrestlers that know the game inside and out, right? But 
majority of those signings that you really see, they were athletes. They were models, right? OVW. Y'all remember OVW. With the Brock Lesnar's, the Bobby Lashley's, the Dave Batista's, the Randy Orton's, the John Cena's. Those core of men, right? One of the best core in professional wrestling history, right? In terms of creating stars was 2002's OVW. This is what NXT 2.0 was about. They gave WWE that blueprint. And WWE is pretty much copying and pasting that 2002 OVW blueprint. And they're just putting that on NXT 2.0. All right? That is just something that I've been telling y'all for a very long time now. Take it what you will. Do what you want to do with that. But Britt Baker has no lies detected. No lies detected. You take models, have no lick of pro wrestling, athletes. They probably heard of WWE, but they probably, you know, never wanted to try it. You take them, you try to convince them. Like uh, Mark Henry, trying to convince Bianca Belair to be a professional wrestler. Bianca Belair was a professional wrestling fan, but I didn't think she wanted to be a wrestler. Really, I, I didn't think she would. And Mark Henry convinced her, and now we're getting the Bianca Belair now. Right? So it could work, for sure. They got to take bits and pieces from the indies and from creating your own stars. This mentality of WWE only taking and creating new stars themselves and not having any experienced wrestlers from the indies is a stupid and idiotic move. All right? It really is. So why would you only want to create new stars, right, from scratch? And you want to get rid of the the superstars that were from the indies and you want to either release them or put them on the main roster. And... We're getting what we're getting on NXT 2.0. People that don't know any better. They aren't from the indies. They're learning the Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard way. The thing with Triple H and the thing I loved about Triple H's NXT is that he created his own stars as well. Don't get it twisted. But at the same time, he had indie stars in that promotion to teach the wrestlers that are starting to, you know, find their own groove. He had those men and women teach those wrestlers as well. You got to have a lick of both. You cannot just have a lick of indie and no creating new stars. And you can't just have creating new stars and no indie wrestlers. You got to have both. And uh, NXT 2.0 is being exposed in terms of that at all. They have no indie wrestlers. Really, when you really think about it, Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano, Roderick Strong. But majority of their wrestlers... They're from scratch. So Britt Baker here, no lies detected. Um, And she's not wrong. She's not wrong. I just wanted to talk about this because a lot of people were giving her bullshit for it. I'm not sure why that was the case. Next up, we're talking about new age detective to sign. It's pretty much an edict to sign a certain women's wrestler because of her age. This is interesting. Again, when I record, 
I read all these reports pretty much for the first time. Okay. So this is from Wrestle Talk. Wrestle Talk. Those guys in the UK. New WWE directive to sign women a certain age. Now, this is something that Taya Valkyrie hated. Hated and went off. Deservedly so. Deservedly so. I don't know how old the woman is, but she's so talented. She's so good. You know, the crazy thing is she didn't even get a fair shot in the E. She didn't get a fair shot in WWE whatsoever. Triple H build her up as like one of the big future pieces in the women's division in NXT. Hyping her up and promoting her very well. What the fuck did Taya Valkyrie do in NXT? I'll wait. Y'all have an answer? Y'all have an answer. A uh, gentleman in the back there with the black hat. What's the answer, man? Nothing. That's correct. Good job. Nothing. She didn't do shit on NXT. She didn't challenge for any championship. She wasn't in great feuds in NXT. What the fuck? Did Taya Valkyrie. Now her name is Taya Valkyrie now. What did she do in NXT? When I seen her sign in WWE. I was very excited. Because I watched her in Impact Wrestling. I watched her in Lucha Underground. She's very good. Very good. She completely wasted her fucking time. And effort. And patience. By signing in WWE. She didn't do shit. And fuck WWE, man. Fuck them. Seriously. You're, you're firing people, especially women, that are not at a certain age group. What, do you got to be in your 20s now? If you're past 30, you're fired. You're going to get quote-unquote released. Okay, so that's pretty much confirming that Shayna Baszler is going to get released very soon. Asuka is going to get released very soon. Is that what you're telling me? I wouldn't even be surprised if that's the case. Wouldn't even be surprised. I actually really want to go search some of these women's ages, but you know what? I'm not even going to do that because most of these women are very talented. Who gives a fuck about your age? Who cares? They're so sensitive with the women. It's crazy to me. Their women's division sucks on the main roster. Facts. You don't think so? You need to watch the television a lot more better on weekly WWE TV. They suck. The direction of the women's division sucks. You put no effort, you put no creativity in these storylines for the women. I'm speaking facts, and I know I'm speaking facts. You don't like someone that's being real, that speaks up about the product that he loves. I love WWE. I love WWE. I want them to get better from a creative standpoint, and I know that they can get better from a creative perspective. They can be very good. They have the formula to do so, but their formula is shit. Their formula is shit. You have people in management that really, when you really look at it, they are not fans of women's wrestling. I feel God's honest truth. There are some people in management 
that are just booking these women just to reign the perception of, yeah, we like women's wrestling, when deep down in their soul, they don't care about women's wrestling. Was it Bruce Pritchard or John Laurinaitis stating that, quote, women's wrestling isn't a draw? Oh, really? Well, <laughs> women's wrestling isn't a draw, really. Well, if you book them correctly and you present them like a big deal, maybe they'll draw. But if you're booking them like shit, you cannot get mad at the fans not giving a fuck. I could talk about the women's division for a very like for an hour, really, if I wanted to. I might actually do that. I might actually talk about the women's division. And how I would fix the women's division on a podcast coming up. I actually might do that. I'll, let, I'll keep you all updated on that. But let me read this article. I know you guys want me to read this article here. So one of the new Philippines with NXT 2.0 is to attract a younger male audience. And as you've seen evidence of it, you've watched it. That includes hot women appealing all throughout the show. I'm going to take Trostic Attraction. They are a prime example. All three of them. J.C. Jane. Uh, Mandy Rose. And what's the other one? Gigi Dolan. They're all hot. They're beautiful women. That's what Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are looking for. They're hot as hell. You know it. I know it. Okay. But to me, I don't mind seeing a, a hot woman's wrestler. Okay. I do not mind that, but I want to see what y'all can do in the ring. Let's talk about this for a quick second before I continue with the article. Mandy Rose, Gigi Dolan, JC Jane, right? Let's picture this real quick. Follow me, okay? All three of these women are hot as hell, okay? But they all can wrestle. I know you're hot. I want to see what you can do inside the ring. Now, to me, personally... As a man, I'm going to name some of these women that I think are very attractive in WWE. But the thing is, they could wrestle. They could wrestle as well. I'm not saying Gigi Dolan, JC Jane, and Mandy Rose can't wrestle. They could wrestle. But I want to talk about other women that are also hot and attractive, but could also wrestle. Sasha Banks is hot as hell. She could wrestle. Okay? I think Bailey is very attractive. She could wrestle too. Becky Lynch. She's hot, and she could wrestle. Charlotte Flair, not my type, but she's all right in terms of attractiveness. She could wrestle as well, too. Io Shirai, she's hot. She could wrestle. You want me to continue on? I'll, I'll, I'll continue. But you know what? I'm not going to do that because there's no point. You guys know where I'm getting to. You can also be hot as well while also being a great professional wrestler. That's what I'm getting at here. That's my sentiment here. You can be hot and you can wrestle. I know there are fans out there that genuinely want the Attitude Era back. You want these women to have brawn panties and pillow fights and all this shit. Am I going to complain about that? I'm going to complain about that because I want these women to wrestle. That's why I'm going to complain. Yeah, I'm not going to complain if I see these women in a bikini and shit. Obviously, I'm not going to complain. But I don't want that for them. I want them to wrestle. They're going to complain about that shit. But at the end of the day, they're going to have to do it anyways or 
they're going to be fired. So they're not going to have any choice. Right? So it's ridiculous. This age shit with... Listen. Women's wrestling, I want to see a documentary. I'm going to continue to say it. I want to see a documentary series of women's wrestling. Someone please do that for me. I want to see it in WWE, mainly. Because especially with all these stories that we hear of women's wrestlers and, and the, the women's wrestling uh, you know, division. I want to see a documentary series, man. But it is what it is. So let me continue here. However, according to the latest of Wrestling Observer newsletter, the new recommendation within WWE is to sign women who are 25 and younger because supposedly they'll attract more young male viewers. So I was right. The king was correct. Now I'm the king of creativity. All right. When it comes to creativity, no one's on my level. All right. Nobody. But the king is correct here. Because I just told you guys earlier in terms of they want to sign women that are at a certain age and they want to attract a male demographic. Does wrestling come into play here? No. Wrestling's second to these people in management. If you're not hot, if you don't have big ass tits and a big ass, some big hips and fucking lip injections and all this other shit, you have nothing to that? <laughs> you ain't going far. You ain't going far. Facts. I understand there are some people that do not like to hear that. I understand. But... That's the truth. If you watch on a weekly basis for years, who is pushed, who is not pushed. The people that don't get pushed are the people that are actually great professional wrestlers. And I mean great professional wrestlers. Then there are people that they're good pro wrestlers, but they're more hot than good pro wrestlers. They're mainly more pushed than the women that in my opinion, are hot as well, but they're better pro wrestlers, right? That's what they're into more. They're more into the professional wrestling. Some of the other women, I'm going to take Carmella for a second, okay? I'm sorry. I love Carmella. I think Carmella is, she's progressed so well in the ring. I would categorize Carmella as a good pro wrestler. But let me ask y'all a question. What do you want to see with Carmella? Her attractiveness, the way she looks. She's gorgeous. Or do you want to see what she does in the ring? What do you guys care for more? The way she looks or what she does inside the ring? You know what I want to see? I want to see what she does inside the ring. She's one of the hottest women in professional wrestling is Carmella. I know that. But I want to see Carmella and what she does inside the ring. And what she does in the ring... She does a pretty good damn job of doing so. Liv Morgan, for example. Liv Morgan is very beautiful. But I want to see what this woman does inside the ring. She's a good pro wrestler as well. I want to see these women wrestle. That's what I'm getting at here. And WWE completely disrespecting. Um, listen, people. WWE is booking these women because they have to. I, I, 
pay big bucks to ask someone of management and literally close the door and ask them one simple question. And that one question is, are you and are anybody else in management a fan of women's wrestling? Yes or no? That's what I want to ask these people. The way women's wrestling is run in WWE, it's like they have to do this because if they don't do it, the perception is going to be terrible. The press is going to be on WWE's ass. They have to book women's wrestling. They don't want to book women's wrestling. They have to book women's wrestling. That is just my opinion. Okay? And I'm only going off, my basis is I'm only going off of what I'm seeing on television on a weekly and monthly basis with WWE and in the news and rumors. And these news and rumors, they're coming out about each story on women's wrestling. And it's like management doesn't care. That's a problem to me. I love women's wrestling. I'm in the camp of if presented correctly and you have the pieces in play, women's wrestling can draw. I know that there are people out there that do not think women's wrestling is a draw. And and you're entitled to your opinion, of course. Do I agree with it? No, I don't agree with it. But you're entitled to your opinion. But if presented correctly and booked well, women's wrestling, excuse me, is a draw. I'm leaving that in there. <laughs> Uh, women's wrestling is a draw. All right. So it is what it is, man. It sucks. It really does suck. Um, obviously they can and probably will be individuals expectation to that rule. But for clarification, here's exactly what the wrestling observer reported. Quote, age is also likely a part in many of the decisions because the company is well aware that they don't have enough talent in their 20s. On television and are looking at recruiting bigger, younger and uh, people with more of a legitimate athletic background going forward. The new directives on hiring new women is recommendations are 25 and younger. So if you're 26, you're not getting hired, right? That's crazy, man. The edicts in WWE are so depressing. It really is. It's so sad what these people really think. The article continues here. One of the names let go by WWE yesterday was 38-year-old Frankie Monet, a.k.a. Taya Valkyrie, who it would seem was let go for this very exact reason. As a 20-year-old male who literally the audience they're trying to target here, I have no idea why anyone would not find Monet hot just because she's 38. I think Monet's pretty, pretty cute. She's pretty cute. I don't give a fuck if she's 38. I don't give a shit. But there are people in management that do care. That's the problem. Oh, there's also the fact that she's super talented and age doesn't affect that either. It don't matter. It shouldn't matter. But we're being realistic. It does matter in WWE. That's the problem. After being released... 
and someone on Twitter mentioned her age. I seen this. I seen this on Twitter. Somebody mentioning this to Monet and she went off deservedly so. Monet said this, shut the fuck up. I just turned 38. I've been ashamed to even speak about my age until today. 38 is not old. Listen, 38 isn't old, Taya Valkyrie. I completely agree with you. It's not old. Actually, when you really look at it, I think it's the prime years of professional wrestling in your early, late 30s. Absolutely. So, especially when you're a man. This is crazy. This is crazy. So she said, especially when you're a man, process that. Age should have never been an issue, and I'm sick of people using that for a reason that someone should lose their job. I'm a woman, a wife, a mother of two dogs, an aunt, a friend. Nobody should ever say that 38 is old. Grow the fuck up. This is crazy. That's my thoughts on this. Again, I might make a podcast very soon talking about women's wrestling and what is really going on in WWE. Majority of what I, you know, what I've been saying and stuff is from the top of my head, but I've been seeing, you know, a lot of news coming out about women and it's just not good, man. It really isn't good. It sucks. It's a shame. But this is WWE. You either fall in line or you get the fuck out. So it is what it is, man. So let's talk about Vince McMahon accused of mistreating superstars. <laughs> I'm not surprised whatsoever. Shout out to Ringside News. Uh, the article here says Vince McMahon is a very controversial figure in the world. And there are many stories about him. Some of those legends have been confirmed as facts. Still, many also think how he is treating people now. WWE superstars are not considered full employees by the company. This caused a lot of issues as fans and wrestlers alike begged for a union. That unionization hasn't happened yet. I don't think it's ever going to happen. I continue. Riding with Russo recently featured a bit of a rant from the former WWE writer Vince Russo called out McMahon's mentality that his roster are independent contractors and that he can detect exactly how things should run because he has that type of power. Uh, before I continue, again, subscribe and follow to 99 Raw if you guys like what you guys have been hearing today on the podcast. Uh, follow me on Twitter at, nine, at um, JT Takeover. Follow the podcast on Instagram at 99 Raw. I would really appreciate that. Thank you very much. Um, this is going to be a pretty long podcast uh, because there's just a lot of things here that I want to get off my chest. So um, I would support if you or I would appreciate if you guys can support the podcast and watch it all the way through. So writing with Russo recently featured a bit of a rant from the WWE writer Vince Russo called out McMahon's mentality that his roster independent contractors that he can directly exactly how things should run. Because he has that type of power. I know I read that again, but I just wanted to read that another time. Just to get an indication of what really is going on. Vince Russo had this to say, quote, Here's the mentality. 90% of that roster, maybe more, they're independent contractors. But yet they're putting their futures 
and their livelihood in the hands of Vincent Kennedy McMahon. This is, I feel so sad for these wrestlers. My heart goes out to all the wrestlers. This sucks. I wish there really was a union. I really do. But Vince McMahon don't want that. He don't want that smoke. He don't want that smoke. Because I don't think it's that type of smoke that he can handle. Straight up. No, bro. That future livelihood suit uh, should be in your hands. You're an independent contractor. It should be in your hands. You're putting everything in their basket. And in him, Vince McMahon, here's the promo. You're saying exactly this. I know that I can't curse. Um, I can't curse, but it's a backwards mentality. Listen. These wrestlers got to have some fucking balls. They got to have some balls and they got to speak up. Now, don't be disrespectful to your boss, but just have some balls in terms of speaking up. What's concerning to you? What are you upset about? Just speak up in a respectful manner, of course, but speak up and maybe the boss will respect you for that or he'll completely shit on you and bury you. I don't know. The power dynamic in WWE isn't about shift at any time soon. If anything, things are more restricted than ever before. Vince McMahon is still the chief director in his own company. And superstars are finding their job security might not be as firm as once thought, which each new wave of releases. Listen, y'all, there are going to continue to be releases. I predicted on Twitter that I won't be surprised if we see more releases before the end of 2021 in the month of December. I won't be surprised. I really won't. Um... I definitely see some releases for sure in the beginning months of 2022, maybe after uh, WrestleMania where they do their spring cleaning. We'll see what happens. A lot of these wrestlers' jobs are really in jeopardy. And my heart goes out to all these wrestlers. Your job security, that's out the window, bruh. That's out the window. You have no job security. That's awful, man. Well, who's going to speak up to Vince McMahon? That's the question. We'll find out. Keith Lee. Bearcat Keith Lee. Bearcat Keith Lee. Had, quote, attitude issues backstage in WWE. <laughs> Bruh. <laughs> Keith Lee had attitude issues. <laughs> oh my goodness, this dude is crazy. Yeah. Why the fuck did he have attitude issues? That's because you're booking him like shit. You're changing him up multiple times. So of course he's going to have attitude problems. Attitude issues. He's upset. You change his theme song multiple times. You change his persona multiple times. And all you had to do, Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard, fucking listen to the fans. Listen to the words that are going to come out of my mouth. You fucking hate 
Triple H. You hate Triple H because the formula that he was running at NXT worked. He created a lot of new stars on NXT that it could have been blue chip prospects on the main roster, main event caliber superstars. Bleacher Report tweeted out some people that got released that could have been future world champions in that promotion in WWE. Andrade could have been a superstar. Adam Cole, Karrion Cross, Keith Lee. All these men could have been major pieces for your promotion. But no, you want to let them go. Because what? You gave them a character and you were getting frustrated that they weren't getting over where it could have been settled. It could have been settled. These type of stories really, really make me very angry and very disappointed. Keith Lee in NXT. Nothing was wrong with him. Nothing. He had the promo ability. You know, he was a great professional wrestler. He was presented like a big, big deal. He had that last sequence with Roman Reigns at Survivor Series. Could have been a big star after that. But no. What about the Royal Rumble? Y'all remember the Royal Rumble, right? With Brock Lesnar, Keith Lee, and that interaction where when Keith Lee came out, Brock Lesnar's, you know, expression was like, oh, shit, this guy's a big boy. Oh, my God, this might be harder than I thought it was going to be. All right, let's fucking go. Brock Lesnar looked excited in that sequence there. Keith Lee had two opportunities to catapult his career. But no, we want to release the guy. Okay. Okay. Now, Keith Lee and Mia Yim, two talented individuals, two great professional wrestlers, two people you did not give an opportunity to, are now going to most likely go to AEW. I'm, I'm saying most likely. I think both of them are going to AEW because, like I said, if you bring in Keith Lee, you need to bring in Amelia. Yim. That makes no sense. That makes no sense. So both of them are going to go to AEW. They're going to say, fuck you to WWE, and we're going to be happy for them because they were mistreated and misused. Mia Yim. I'm a big fan of Mia Yim, big fan of Jade when she was that name in Impact Wrestling. She was great. She goes to the main roster, right? She goes to the main roster. Or did she go to the main roster? Huh. If memory serves me correct, she never even stepped foot on the main roster, really. Because she had to take care of her man. This guy was dying because of COVID. She took care of him. That's a queen right there. That's a trooper right there. WWE had a spot for her in the Royal Rumble. She said, nah, I'm going to take care of my man. And you still release her. That's fucked up, man. That's some fucked up shit. And then there's Nia Jax. 
I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna talk about Nia Jax uh, in a little bit because it's another fucked up situation. I'll get to that after I talk about Keith Lee. But Keith Lee was absent from WWE television for quite some time. In a few months, due to this, many fans started to worry about Keith Lee's status in the company. Keith eventually returned, and he uh, previously said that he Vince McMahon's approach to his character. Now it seems Lee apparently had attitude issues in the company. Good. I'd have attitude issues too. If I'm being mistreated and my character is constantly changing every week, my theme song is being changed every week, I'd have a problem too. (laughs) This is some gangster shit, man. There's some gangster shit. No one's going to be talking about this. No one's going to speak up in the community. Shout out to someone like JD from NY206. I know who the dude is. He's great. He speaks his mind, and I love it. Me and him have the same type of opinion about the professional wrestling uh, WWE product, man. He's one of a few people in the community that speak up. Shout out to Jason Solomonster as well. He speaks up about the WWE product as well. Me, him, and Jason. I feel like we're literally the only people in the community that be speaking up about the WWE and what really is going on. A lot of more people need to speak the fuck up because there's an issue. There's an issue with the formula of the WWE, the way the you know management treats their superstars. It's a fucked up situation. These wrestlers got to start speaking up. They got to start, you know, speaking up and uh, you know, they're concerned about what's going on. Yeah, you might get in trouble, but you know, don't just sit there and just take everything. You know, what I speak up, I, I I would speak up. I'm not just saying that just because I have a podcast and shit. No, I would legitimately speak up if I was concerned of what's going on with my character as well. Attitude issues. You didn't have attitude issues. That's what you put out in the press. You put that in the press. Oh, Keith Lee has attitude issues. Keith Lee never had attitude issues. Keith Lee was a guy that was very popular in NXT. And he thought... That you were just going to take that and place that on the main roster. You didn't do that. You completely changed him. So, he has every right to be frustrated. Unfortunately, Keith Lee was among several WWE superstars released from their contracts in a, you know, recently. Immediately after his release, Keith Lee made it clear that the Bearcat gimmick was not his idea at all wow wow keith lee didn't come up with the bear cat character wow i'm surprised not not surprised whatsoever whatsoever you know when i heard this rumor i knew he didn't come up with this why would keith lee come up with that character all he wanted was for you to take his character, the limitless one, the theme song, the presentation, all of it, and just place it on the main roster and just let him go. You didn't want to do that. And now we got the result of him being fired from the WWE. Oh, no, wait, but he was released. Nah, he was fired. You know, release is just the nice terminology and saying you're fired. He was fired. Release. Release my ass. Release is a replacement word 
or fired. Okay? While speaking on PW Torch VIP aid free audio show, Wade Keller talked about how Keith Lee was privileged backstage. It was said that Keith Lee had attitude issues and seemingly had issues doing a job as well. Okay, interesting. Quote, Keith Lee, I had chronicled for months and months and months and months and months. Was nobody that even people were rooting for him behind the scenes became frustrated with him. He had in general attitude issues or as one wrestler told me tonight, privileged attitude issues. Egging a little bit and egging a little bit more on. Others have said outright attitude problems. He was just frustrated. And he has every right to be frustrated. And then and you call that attitude issues. You call someone that is upset having attitude issues. He justifiably should be upset. You're booking him like shit. His presentation is shit. Bearcat Keith Lee is a shit character. I know you're paying homage to a past, you know, wrestler. But that's Vince McMahon's idea. Keith Lee, did he speak up about this? I don't know. Probably. And Vince McMahon touted that. And his management team touted that as, oh, Keith Lee has attitude issues. It's crazy. So, after that, and after what he said, I've heard different things about him in terms of his mood being altered very more than it should have been in the modern era about being asked to do a job. Jim Cornette previously stated that Keith Lee could be making his way to AEW after the way he is being treated in WWE. Now that he is released from WWE, we wonder if Keith Lee will make his way to AEW or in the future. He's going to AEW. Him and Mia Yim are going to AEW. They're going there. Simple. That's my thoughts on, on this, man. It's just sad. It really is sad. I got two more things I want to talk about before I end the podcast today. I appreciate you guys tuning in. Again, follow and subscribe to 99Raw on all available podcast platforms. If you enjoy what you like, please follow me on Twitter at JTTakeover. Follow the podcast on Instagram at 99Raw. This is going to go over an hour. I'm just letting you guys know right now. So I would hope that uh, you guys will tune in because a lot of podcasters go over an hour and uh, they get a lot of love. And I know I'm a new podcaster, but I would appreciate I would get that same type of treatment. So let's continue here. On Wrestle Purpose, they tweeted out. This was interesting to me. That's why I want to talk about this. There is talks of those being signed by WWE starting in the new year expect to be top prospects will be signed to 60-day trial contracts to see the rate which in they improve at. If they don't show improvement, they won't be signed to full-time deals. Wrestling Observer Newsletter reported. <laughs> WWE is actually doing something right. That's what I'm talking about. I love it. I love this. This is a trial error. If you progress, if you get better, we'll keep you. We will keep you past the 60-day trial run. If you don't improve in any way after the 60 days, we are going to respectfully let you go. You didn't make the cut. I love this idea. This makes sense. AEW does something similar to this where they take wrestlers in. They don't sign them. They have like a tier where, you know, 
they uh, they have them there for a little bit. If they progress, they go back to a bigger tier in terms of signing them to a 30-day or a 60-day. And then they go to the eventual, we'll officially sign you. I love that. I think this is a brilliant move by WWE. So shout out to the E for doing this. I think this is a great idea. Last topic of the day, and then we're going to get out of here. Nia Jax speaks after being released by the WWE. This was on her IG account, guys. All right, this was on her IG account. Um, my heart actually goes out to Nia Jax here. I seen, uh, or excuse me, I heard what she said because I read it myself. It's uh, pretty heartbreaking. I'm not going to lie. It's pretty heartbreaking, man. But this is what she said. I usually keep my personal life private, but yesterday reports leave me with no option but to clarify matters. I recently took a short leave of absence from WWE for my mental health break. Before I continue, if anybody goes through mental health, it's okay to ask for help. It really is. I go through depression on a... It just comes and goes. And when it's here, it sucks. But when it's away, it's great. You know, I feel great. But, you know, we all go through mental health and stuff. And so if you're going through that and it's even worse than you anticipated, ask for help. Or find a way to cope with it in terms of like doing things that you love to do. Right. We all go through mental health, man. So, again, after reading this, WWE is a pretty fucked up company for this. It's just fucked up. But let me continue. So after the mental health break, I've been working through so much more than I can share. And so I took some time with the full support of the company to take care of myself. Earlier this week, after WWE sent me my schedule to return to the ring for the November 15th show, I asked for an extension to my mental health break, feeling that I needed more time and hoping I would have the ongoing support of the company that I have been giving all of my in the past seven years. I did not receive a response. The next I hear I was being released. My vaccination status was never mentioned. I wasn't even given any choice or choices or options. It breaks my heart to know that so absorbly to let go without confirmation. When dealing with so much privately, I loved my career at WWE. I love the men and women I worked with, and I'm going to need time to process this huge loss. I appreciate those people who have shown me understanding and uh, compassion during this incredibly difficult time. So she was going through mental, you know, health issues and she got released because she got, you know, released. And the reason why she got released was because she's not vaccinated. I want to defend WWE, but then I want to talk shit about WWE. Let me talk about shit to WWE real quick. Fuck them for releasing Nia Jax because she was going through a mental break. She's going through mental health and they released her during that time. WWE. You are a piece of shit, okay? That's fucked up. Any human being in that, you know, in this world, when they hear something like that, they would probably have the same opinion as I do now. That's a fucked up situation. So fuck WWE for that. Now, let me defend WWE. I know for a fact Nia Jax was not vaccinated. There were reports coming out that Nia Jax was one of these people 
that were not vaccinated. Some of these people that got released by the WWE was because they were not fully vaccinated at all. They didn't get vaccinated whatsoever. Nia Jax is one of these people. I don't blame WWE for releasing some of these people, including Nia Jax, because, you know, you need to get vaccinated. You got to get vaccinated. But then again, it's up to you if you want to get vaccinated or not. So, again, in this case, fuck WWE for pushing that narrative that, yeah, you need to get vaccinated. And if you don't get vaccinated, you're fucking fired. Okay, so what about, you know, what about other people in in the company? What about other people in the company that aren't vaccinated and that have higher standards than Nia Jax and high regard in the in the high tier of the card than Nia Jax? You're going to fire them? You're going to release them, quote unquote? Of course you're not, because they have a higher ceiling than Nia Jax. Also, Nia Jax, listen. Outside of everything I talked about right now with this woman. Here is the honest truth. And this is what I do. I speak my mind. And especially with reports that I always hear in the news. I tell you guys how I feel. And you take it. And you either like what I have to say. And you respect where I'm coming from. Or you don't give a fuck about what I said. It goes one ear and out the other. You don't care because you have your own narrative. I'm a wrestling fan that speaks his mind. Simple. Whatever I watch on TV, I speak my mind. Whatever goes on in the news, I read it, I dissect it, I analyze it, and I give you guys my honest opinion on what I was reading in the news. That's what I do. Okay? And I also add a creative spin and a creative mentality to some of these things when it comes to weekly television, come up with ideas, how to improve the product, this and that. That's never changing here. Let me tell you something. WWE, again, Nia Jax, I'm just going off based on what I've been seeing with this woman over the past Several years. This is just the truth. Okay. So brace yourself. Nia Jax. Sucked. Inside the ring. She was not good. Let me explain where I'm coming from. Zelina Vega. Injured. Out. Ember Moon. Injured. Out. Okay. Charlotte Flair. Hurt. Bailey injured out. Sasha Banks hurt. You want me to continue? Kyrie Sane injured out. Those are the women that I know specifically got injured with Nia Jax involved. I'm not sure who else got injured with Nia Jax. I don't want to put more, you know, dirt on her name. In terms of that regard. With the injuries. But that's how I feel. That's my piece. And that's how I'm ending this podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed. Again it went over an hour. Please go listen to every single thing. That I talked about here. This was a great topical discussion. With covering all the news. I wanted to bring all the bases to the table. And again I just speak my mind. And I I just speak on what's going on. 
on weekly television with, you know, all the professional wrestling, mainly WWE, because, you know, my main, you know, I want WWE to be good from a creative standpoint. I don't always say, oh, I'm better than this and that. I don't care about that. I just want WWE to be good from a creative standpoint. And I'm tired of people also bringing up the business standpoint and the business aspect of the WWE. You people are not making any money with the WWE. You're not. Why are you defending them in that regard? You as a wrestling fan should be concerned about what you're seeing on television. And I understand there are people out there that like what WWE is doing. But there is no way you can physically tell me that you like every single thing. With the characters, the storyboards, the way the stories are being handled. There's no way you can tell me face value. That you like every single thing they're doing. There's no way. It's going to be hard to believe you. Really. All right. I know WWE can be good from a creative standpoint. They just have to have the urgency and the passion to do so. And right now, it looks like they don't care. And that hurts me. That really hurts me. Because... Then if I come out and I'm like, yeah, I could do this and that. I can help WWE from a character standpoint, from a storyline standpoint. I'm one of the best and this and that. People are going to consider me being a narcissist. I'm not a narcissist. I'm really not. But I'm confident in my ability that if I was in that position, I would do a great job. Straight up. I would do a phenomenal job. I would make these ratings go up better than where they are now. That is a fact. That's because I'm confident in my ability. And I know WWE has some confident people out there. They just don't have the passion. They just don't have the heart right now to put on compelling television. That's the problem that I have. Business, I don't care about that because that's not my lane and I'm not crossing that lane. They're good. They're, they're, they're perfectly fine, right? They're all right in that, you know, that level field. The field that I'm worried about in the field that everybody else in the community, in the IWC, we all should be concerned about is what we're seeing on weekly WWE television. Stop worrying about what they're doing from a business standpoint. You benefit nothing from there. You benefit from the creative. And that's what we all got to focus on. I will continue to preach that gospel. I will continue to try to hustle and motivate y'all to really open your eyes to what you're seeing on WWE television. Not everything is sunshines and rainbows. The women's division, it, it sucks right now. You have the pieces, you have the women there. But again, um, I'm actually going to create a podcast about the women's division. I'm going to do that before the end of the year. So um, we're going to be doing that. The women's division, I can go on and on. It sucks right now. The tag team division, what tag team division? It sucks right now. The main event scene with Roman Reigns, it sucks right now. They don't have a lot of people. They have nobody on Roman Reigns' level. Period. Point blank when you look up and down on that roster. Nobody. Monday Night Raw. It's too long. It's three hours. Even though Monday Night Raw has been doing some good stuff. Better than SmackDown. They still got a lot of work to do. The format of these shows have to change. And I'm going to continue to always come up with ideas on how to... I would say make the WWE more fun. 
right? And I'm not going nowhere in terms of that. So I hope you guys uh, please go out and watch or, excuse me, listen to what I have to say on this podcast today. Again, we went over an hour, but I'd appreciate the continued love and support that I've been receiving on the podcast. I'm a new podcaster, and um, I'm just trying to get my brand and my creativity out there. I'm a fan of pro wrestling at the end of everything. I'm just a dude, a normal fucking dude that talks pro wrestling and has a podcast. My opinion, it doesn't really matter, okay, at the end of it. Do I want it to matter? Yeah, but at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter because at the end of everything, WWE is going to do what WWE wants to do, but I'm always going to continue to be here and be creative and pitch ideas and speak up and be honest with what I'm watching on TV. And I want you guys to do that as well. That's all I got for you guys. This is 99 Raw. This is the Creative King, and I'm signing off. I will see you guys on Monday. <laughs> I know. I'm going to talk about Monday Night Raw. We'll see what's popping with that. So I'm going to be back to covering Monday Night Raw and SmackDown. So Monday, the next time, I will see all of you. If any news breaks tomorrow, I might be up here tomorrow. But other than that, the next time you will be hearing from me is Monday for Monday Night Raw.